For the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling pop culture and that oh so naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of grass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are too dead to the Indie Cast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. I am your solo host for this episode, Zach Romero. And joining me as my guest tonight in this exclusive one-on-one interview, I'm bringing on a man who not only are you going to be able to see him at BCW's Urban Warfare 2 on February 24th, because I'm getting them plugs in early, but this is a guy who is one of the hottest and most sought-after independent rappers, hip-hop artists, Alive today, you can find his singles all over Spotify and all kinds of other music platforms. And not only is he making waves in that community, but he's doing it while carrying professional wrestling on his goddamn back. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce Montezzi. Montezzi, thank you for joining us in the IndieCast. Oh man, this is a blessing to be here, man. I've um you know, man, I've been wanting to get on this for a while, man. I reached out to you about getting on, man. I've been a big fan of what you guys are doing. And I appreciate that introduction, man. I mean, there's no more to say. I mean, carrying wrestling music on my back. Wow, man, that's a that's a bold claim. Man. I, I'm not going to deny it, man. Thank you. I was going to say, feel free to, if you want to take that, run with that, feel free. You you own that now. That, that intro is yours. Um, but what we want to do here first is we want to run through a couple of questions. We call them the lightning round here because we try to separate ourselves from other podcasts by getting a lot of the uh, the typical questions that I'm sure you're asked a thousand times anytime you're doing different shows. So I'm going to try to run through some of these with you uh, here in the beginning. And, uh, and we're just going to kind of bring everybody up to speed in terms of your story and how you got here. So question number one, and this is something that divides this show, one of a couple questions that divides this show among my other hosts who aren't here. Um, taking in consideration his entire musical collection, what is Michael Jackson's greatest work? I have to say, if I had to say his greatest project to me, I I still think Off the Wall is his best project. My I, okay, I agree I, with that. That's not, that's not crazy. I think Thriller is obviously maybe his best, maybe his best produced album obviously because all the hits that was on there so it'd be hard for anybody to say just thriller but off the wall was uh working day and night and um you know his first very first singles and even though thriller is, is his probably, his probably my favorite is off the wall i like off the wall the best excellent excellent uh question number two back in the 90s were you a wcw or a wwf kid if I had to start with, I had to say WWE, uh, WWF started in 1992. That was my first pay-per-view I ever saw was WrestleMania 8. Um, Macho Man versus Ric Flair. Uh, Sid versus Hulk Hogan. And, I, and I've been, and I was hooked from there. Excellent, excellent. Now, during the Monday Night War, did you kind of jump back and forth like everybody else did? Or did you stay true to uh, to the Federation? Oh, man, I was back and forth, man. I was back and forth, uh, <laughs> back and forth. Whenever there was a break, Stone Cold was on TV, and Heavy Dressing Man was doing something, and then, uh, you know, it would switch. 
it would switch and then, you know, I'd switch the channels and, you know, it would be, you know, I'd go to the NWO and that's, that's my life and that's the way it was for, for a good period of time. No kidding. I was just going to say, there's the, uh, the old kids today don't know the struggle of jumping back and forth between channels uh, during commercials, trying to catch both storylines at once. Uh, now, Montezzi, I was actually looking through uh, some of your social media stuff, and you actually brought up a really interesting idea about um, two particular uh, rap artists, and if they were alive today, um, you had talked about would Tupac still be doing music, or would he be more interested in acting or politics? Would Biggie eventually just kind of fade away, or would he become one of these old vets who just sort of release music every now and then to, to stay relevant? And you were looking for some input, but I want to know, A, your answers to those questions, and B, between Biggie and Tupac, who do you go with? Um, I think if it was probably like 2018, I would say Biggie would probably, if you ask me my direct opinion, he would probably be sitting back playing the back role. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe have a few artists under him, but he'd probably sit back. He'd probably drop something once in a while, but probably wouldn't be as consistent. Well, I think uh, Park might have been in some more of the uh, the acting. Maybe he would create create music, but I think he, he'd probably go to the mobile stage and do a lot of more of the music and a lot of the uh, a lot of the backstage. Maybe into more of the politics as well if he was alive today. Mm-hmm. And then uh, between and, between and, yeah, um, I was gonna say the, yeah, the, the, the biggest thing, question. It's, it's that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. Like musically, I've always been into Biggie. But as far as like subject matter, uh, like when as I, as I've grown older, I understood the stuff that Tupac was talking about. When I was very young, I didn't really understand it. But as I've gotten older, you know, I definitely understand what he was saying and the message he was trying to portray. It to. Mm-hmm. As he got uh, as he got older, so if I had to pick either one, I'd say Tupac. Interesting, and and you know, I think you nail it there. They all Tupac and Biggie were almost writing music for different age groups. You know, like, some of Tupac's stuff was so, I don't want to say heavy, but just so serious that, you know, as you get older, you do kind of grow a little more appreciative. You're like, yeah, he was really onto something. You know, not that they weren't both talented, but I just think they were both kind of focused on different things with some of their music. But that leads me to the uh, the final uh, run-of-the-mill question here. Um, how did you get your start in in this in this, uh community that you're in how did you get started in rapping and uh you actually just mentioned again on your social media that uh the basically you know theme that you wrote for roman reigns was over a hundred thousand um views now just on youtube and that when you were first putting that song together you were in a very low part of your life so i'm curious let's go back a little bit let's talk about how did you first get into rapping and uh, and into this whole uh, hip hop game. Good question, man. Um, excuse me for the extended question, but it's a little bit of the backstory. Exactly, uh, we gotta I, get that origin story in. Um, I you know I started making music when I was uh, fifteen years old. I'm, I'm thirty now, so it's been about it's been a it's been a, over a decade. Um, I've been making music that long. I. Uh, a lot of my influences, you could say, back in the days. Uh, actually, I grew up on R&B music rather than opposed to hip-hop music. I, I got into hip-hop later. Excellent. My mom and, and my grandma would play Marvin Gaye, Bob Womack, things of that nature. And, that, and I grew up on the on a lot of the older 
on a lot of the old artists. Hip hop came into my life as I became a teenager. Um, mm -hmm. 50 Cent, uh, Tupac, Biggie, you know, the normal usual suspects, Nas, Jay-Z, and I just started to do it because I couldn't sing, which I wanted to do singing as opposed to hip hop, but hip hop actually became my, became my vice in a way. And, uh, I started writing music when I was 15, me and one of my friends. Um, I learned from him because my friend, uh, he was a whole lot better than me at the time. And he had a home recording studio, and I would just go over there and record and record and record. And I bought my home studio when I got my first job at 17. So that is how I started making music. I started perfecting my craft, perfecting my craft, putting out projects. And it kind of switched um, to the story of the Roman Reigns record, because four years ago, I was living in my grandmother's house. And I was, uh, I just previously went through a situation where I had to move. And I was just in the back room of her house, and I was kind of, and it kind of, the, not depression, but it was a very, very bad time in my life because I was just trying to reset everything. I just had my son. And one day I was, um, it was the Royal Rumble where, um, was it the Royal Rumble? Or the Survivor Series? I don't know, but I was watching the match with the Shield debut and they interrupted the Rock and CM Punk's match. Oh, that's right, yeah. And, and um, I saw the three guys, and this is when they had the turtlenecks on. Oh, yeah, 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 the just, thing, yeah. Yeah, and they just debuted, and then I saw Roman Reigns. I saw the three guys, and I knew that Roman Reigns was obviously a part of the family. So I said, I'm going to write a song about this guy. I don't know nothing about him. I don't know much about him. I didn't know that in a while he's family at the time. I didn't know anything. I just wrote the record. And like any other artist does, I just put it out there. I literally posted the link on my YouTube channel. That's all I did. And I posted it on my Facebook, and I, and I tagged like five people. And lo and behold, that thing just spread it. And I know with the internet now, the word of mouth is like a share. It's like a share button. That's the new word of mouth on Facebook right. in the world. Of the industry, the music industry, is it's a share button. And people just started sharing it. It went into a whole bunch of wrestling groups and pages. And it went all over the place, man. And I was very, very, very surprised by the feedback. They had like 10,000 views on Facebook in like two days. And it was it was crazy, and it just it just snowpiled, snowpiled, share after share, hit up after hit up. I ended up becoming close with uh, Rex and Keister's older brother, Matt Anawaii Rosie. I ended up becoming very very close with him, and he randomly hit me up, and we built a relationship. And from him, I ended up getting to know the whole family, and I ended up making music for them, to everybody in their family. It's <laughs> so true. It's it, it, it's it's crazy, man, how that happened. Like I just I I had no. I had no previous plan to this. It just happened. It just it just blew up out of nowhere. Well, I was going to ask and if you had ever had you ever considered incorporate since you've been you know you were a wrestling fan since '92 basically. Um, had the thought ever crossed your mind to sort of you know Reese's peanut butter cup this and take two great tastes that put good go well together? Had you done any other wrestling? Um, related music, even, you know, if it wasn't to that scale, were you trying that at all? Or was this the first time you're going in the deep end and you're going, yeah, I'm going to write a song about this wrestler? You know, Zach, I've never had no previous plans for this. I just winged it. I never wrote a song about anybody else before. This song I know, like, things are meant to be in a certain way and how, right. you know, energy kind of, you know, positive energy and things just kind of happen. Because I randomly wrote the song. There was no plan to get the wrestling music at all, man. There was no plans. There was nothing for me to... I didn't have a formulated plan until after I saw the feedback of the song. And I'm going to tell you a little bit 
uh, it's leading to the story of how I started doing the independent wrestling music. Mm-hmm. So I had no plan for this at the time. So one day, this is how I know things are real. I think with the body dimension, this is how I know things are real. One day, I'm sitting on the computer, and I'm just on Facebook, and my friend lives in Maryland. He's my manager. Okay. At the time, he, he wasn't. Um, but he's just my friend. He said, hey, man, Bret Hart is... Um, Bret Hart is coming up to Maryland. Do you want to come up? Now, mind you, we met on Facebook. I never met this guy face-to-face before. We've been friends on the internet for like two years. I've never... I just winked it. I said, you know what? I want to meet my idol. I want to meet the guy that inspired me to become a wrestling fan, Bret Hart. So, yeah, I'm going to come. I'm a travel. I booked my travel. At the time, I didn't have a job. I had to stay for money. I had to work uh, um, day-to-day jobs, you know, uh, temp jobs just to get the money to go. And I went, and I met Bret Hart. So, as I'm meeting Bret Hart, and this is after the Roman Reigns song, mind you, this is only the Roman Reigns song, the only song I have out that I've ever done. Right. So he said, hey, man, there's these guys, they're after their African-American group. Their name is Black Wall Street. And they, um, they're, like a, they're like a black version of the Four Horsemen. And, you know, he comes out to a song by the game. What do you think about making custom music for him if I hit him up? He's the current heavyweight champion in NCW, Maryland Championship Wrestling, shout out to Charlotte. That's how I made the song for a bit of a promoter, shout out to Dan as well, love you, man. Um, he, um, he said, why don't you just make it for him? So I said, you know what, okay, why not? I give it a shot. Send me his finishing moves. And a little bit about his gimmick. That's all he did. I didn't, we didn't talk about anything else. I sent him three beats that I chose and I liked. He picked the one and I just winged it. It was called Legendary Drawings. It came out um, and later 2014. I never um, made a song for the guy in the Indies before. I never did it. I just winged it and he loved it the first shot. And ever since that song, I smell piled it and I just made songs for probably over 60 wrestlers. That is absolutely incredible, and not and and to anybody, a that's ridiculous. Like the amount of just you're like the you're like the goddamn Beatles. Like you're releasing music constantly. It's like the, the amount of pressure that you perform under is ridiculous. But also to anyone listening who doesn't know yet, you not only have you been creating all this music for all this independent talent, but I I don't know if I've seen somebody in the wrestling business get as many nods from like genuine nods from legends as you have. Like you've gotten, you know, basically the thumbs up from guys like Lanny Poffo, from guys like Jimmy Hart, from Bret Hart. Like you've had all kinds of genuine legends going, no, this guy's legit. That is unbelievable that you're able to create that kind of content and also, that it's that quality that you've got guys who have done it all and seen it all going, no, no, he's the real deal. Um, it's, it's a blessing, man. And I never thought that this would all happen, man. I, I'm just humbled and honored by all this. I never had the opportunity to, you know, get to meet these guys. And, you know, these guys are on television and you get to know them and they're just really good people. A lot of them are really good people. You get your bad seats here and there. As with anything, as anybody who works a regular job, you get good people and the bad people. But right. Um, you know, just to be co-signed by these guys. Jimmy Hart was my very first co-sign, and for him to, you know, submit my music to WWE from the very start, um, you know, before that was my change of motion, my change of range, 
as far as my direction I wanted to go, he was the first person to co-sign me and say, nah, man, this Roman Reigns song is legit. And then over the years, you know, if there's one thing about the wrestling business that I know, man, is that if it's not best you, we're going to get you out of here. The people are going to get you out of here. Like, you're not, no, there's too many opinionated, strong, strong-minded people in wrestling for somebody who's not meant for not to be here. And right. to be co-signed by so many people, and as in the legend, as in yourself, man, the guy who, as who was my, uh, my, my brand and my shirts, and to be co-signed by all of you guys, not just the legend, by guys like yourself, and Aspen Reynolds, and people who are on the come-up, uh, Snoop, uh, so many people, man, from, from the guys who are on the come-up, and the girls who want to come up to the legends, man, I'm humble just to be able to have a spot, and, uh, you know, just, just, you know, give me a microphone and let me do my piece and, and speak my music for my three, four minutes, man. And it's, it's humble, man. Not, not even just the legends, even you guys, man. It's, 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 a, it's an honor. It's a blessing. Well, you know, and I can put this out there that, you know, as Montesi mentioned, Fully Gimmicked has been working with them for a couple of months now. And, you know, the amount of positive feedback that we've gotten and uh, just photos of people wearing, like, in the span of just, I, I think, what, maybe maybe three months officially, maybe four, um, you've been one of the fastest shirt sellers that we've ever worked with. And it's just people reaching out saying, like, hey, no, I want to be part of this, I want to show my support. And it's really, it's all just very positive and, and, and outstanding. Now, let me ask this. Um, you know, with the amount of, of music that you've made... Um, can we? Can you go over a little bit in terms of a how has how has your writing changed since you first started? You know, you're just kind of experimenting. Like you said, you were getting you know, if you were doing a song for somebody, you were getting the basic information, finisher, you know, a little bit about their character, you know, whatever the case may be. Now you're sixty songs deep. Now, how has that changed your writing? Great question. I love to talk about this kind of stuff. My writing process has changed. I've kind of done it more in a formula now as I was playing it back then. Mm-hmm. I was like trying to make full songs back then. If you look at listen like the Roman Reigns and some of my previous uh, songs for the indie guys, I was literally writing everything. Like I just wanted to, I was writing extra verses, you know, extra, 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 um, extra expectation, everything, man. I was putting everything into it. Now, as I've kind of developed a formula, I learned to work smarter and not harder. I don't have to put, I could put so much into the writing, but it's more as into the chorus and the beat and getting them involved in it. And instead of writing three verses, I could just write one and have the verse overlap, but really have the chorus and the beat be the standpoint. Because I had to do a lot of studying on what I was doing. Because I was writing full songs for a long time. And at some point, I was like, nah, this is really not necessary. If they're coming out, and they really have a minute to get to the ring. That minute has to say everything. And they're not going to be able to remember every single thing you said at first, especially with them getting used to the music and who I am. So what I did was I started changing the format of the way I wrote. I wrote everything as opposed to as soon as the crowd hears the music, they're going to know exactly who it is, what it is. And I don't have to put so much into the verses which I still do, but not as much as opposed to the chorus and the beat to get the people behind it. And then as soon as the chorus comes in, then that's what they really want to hear. It's not as opposed to, you know, the lines, because they're not going to hear all that within a minute time, unless I release it myself. So I'm going to put it into the hook. Like if you listen to any WWE scene, 
a lot of it's into the chorus if it has a lot of music. Yeah, you hear the verses and like if you have a rap song, you hear it. Like right. you listen to the NWO theme song, which I think is the greatest wrestling hip hop theme song of all time, NWO Wolfpack. You mm-hmm. remember you remember the verses, but you don't really remember the verses. You remember the don't on your back on the Wolfpack. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's how my writing process has changed. And I've gone more into more of the, the stadium sound of the chorus and the beat as opposed to just the, the verses. The verses will come after. And, and I love how you put that, too, that it's not necessarily a changing of your attitude towards it or a changing of... Uh, it's not like you're suddenly phoning it in. Like you mentioned, it was just unnecessary to go like, hey, I went ahead and I wrote you know a seven-minute song for this guy when the crowd's only going to be able to hear the first minute. So I, I love that that's how you put it is, you know, the, the quality is still there. It's just a changing of formatting, basically, of you going, well, look, it, you know, I got to, instead of taking my time and going, well, over the next X amount of minutes, I'm going to tell this story and get the point across. Now it's like, no, 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 I got to make that magic happen within the first minute, minute and a half. And then if I'm really feeling it, then okay, yeah, we can do like an extended version. Like you said, you can release the extended version basically on your own. But in terms of utilizing it as a theme song, like you said, you got to keep that, you got to say everything you're going to say within that first minute, minute and a half. Um, Because everyone doesn't get the Ric Flair intro where they get to just walk very slowly, or the Undertaker intro where they get to take 10 minutes to get to the ring. Everyone's, yeah, get through the curtain, pose for the camera, get your ass in the ring. So that's a very interesting sort of, um, I guess, creative obstacle now that you have to deal with. It's like, okay, I got to make this sound good. I got to make this really have some weight to it. And I have to accomplish everything basically within the first minute and a half so that it actually means something and actually is useful. Exactly, man. And it's all about, you know, having a formula, having a direct formula and figuring out how to do it. I had to sit back and actually take my time to understand how all this works. It took a minute, you know, it took some yes. time, but, but I was able to sit back and understand the formula now. Um, I have a few more songs that I'm going to do, uh, for a few people. Um, I just, uh, you know, the, the drops of the news. I don't know if he's going to ask it, but I got to say this, man. Um, Sammy Callahan wants to shoot the Swerve video. Right. That's going to be great. I was going to say, that's been um, posted. I've seen that on your social media quite a bit, that this is like becoming, this Swerve video is is becoming this huge undertaking all of a sudden. Yeah, man. Um, You know, and that's why I'm saying, like, the thing about writing a theme is you listen to the new Swerve song I put out, which you can now check on iTunes or Spotify, you know, wherever you can get retail stores for all music, Montezzi, if you search Montezzi. Um... I actually hit him up yesterday, and I said, hey, man, I don't know if you ever shot a music video, Sammy, but I want you to shoot the Swerve video. I had another director who I was going to have shoot it, but for some reason, I think Sammy was us doing Swerve Talk uh, on High Spots Network to check out all the past episodes. He just did episode <laughs> four and five. Had to plug that in. I was like, um, good man, good man. But, um, you know, it was like, man, I want, I want someone to shoot this video that understands wrestling. That understands that doesn't that can understand it from a video director's point of view, but also can understand it from a a a a, a director and a wrestler's point of view. So when we start shooting the sword video, he said, "Man, come up to Ohio and do it." So I said, "Like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go up, I'm gonna get the singer, I'm gonna pay for her trip, and we're gonna go up to Ohio and we're gonna shoot the video." So 
Um, that's been the beautiful thing about this, man, to have the cosigns and to be able to work with so many great people. You know, I haven't had one bad experience with anyone in the wrestling business, man. Rock on wet, but I haven't. You know, I keep my nose clean. I don't get involved in anything that has anything to do with me. Um, you know, uh, and I, you know, when guys are around talking to business, I don't have nothing to say. If they ask me my opinion, I give it. Right. And, you know, these guys, these guys are not telling me how to rap. I'm not telling them how to wrestle. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just sitting back. I, I've, I've, I've gained a great relationship with so many people. And to do the Swerve video and Swerve talk and Shane bringing me in. And, you know, I actually write the show. And, you know, and Shane approves it when I write. And um, Sammy does the editing. He does the, the boatload of the work with the editing and the, and the graphics and stuff like that. So I'm blessed, man, to have this whole opportunity come together as one. And I can't wait to see what's, what's, what's up next. Um, the reason why I said I was going to write those last few songs is because I'm not taking a hiatus, but I'm taking a break to go do my tour. And to hit February, ECW, uh, Make sure you get your tickets at BaltimoreChampionsWrestling.com. Search BCW uh, on Facebook to get all the information on that. But I like, after this, man, I'm going to focus more on tour. I'm going to I'm gonna work on my merch. I'm going to hit these avenues and start hitting these promotions. And start, and really start hitting the tour base. And um, I'm going to put out, this is, this is news that, uh, you guys only get here on your podcast. I appreciate that. Is that, is that I'm going to drop a theme song, KEP. Um, this is not the album. That's going to have Swerve and all of them on it, eventually. This is the Swerve, pre-Swerve. This is the pre-Roman Reigns. This is going back. So this is going to be called the theme song, King the Legend Era EP. It's going to have six, seven songs. Now, mind you, the song will have Star King B3 on there, and everybody wants to hear that. Right. My man Timeless, my man Timeless is producing the whole album. Um, he's one of my first producers I ever started working with. He's produced for a lot of big names in the industry, the game, guys like that. And we're going to do a, a EP. It's going to be called the uh, theme song King, the legendary EP. It's going to have six songs. Now, uh, I start K83, which will probably be the lead single. Um, I'm going to put five songs on there that I've never promoted. There are going to be five people you might not even know. It might be a fully gimmick song on there. You well, never know. Ah, uh, damn. Now, um, now, now I'm interested. Yeah, you know. Now, now you know. <laughs> it's a fully gimmick. You know, if you guys want that song, that's what hit me up. This is family, so it's not for, to do that. But, um, you know, uh, it's going to be five, six songs. I can give you, there's one thing I'll give you guys if I start K83, that there is a Steve Carino track on. Oh, nice. Um, and the rest, it might be all guys in the indies. It might be legends. I really don't know the direction, but it's going to be people you want to expect. It might be an Oscar track. It might be a, it might be a DDP track. It might be a Aston Rose track. It might be, I don't know, but the direction I'm going is different. These are songs you never heard before. Nobody's ever walked out to these songs. There's not going to be songs popping to walk out to. They're going to be album songs. So there's going to be the preview to the theme song King album. And um, 
you know, I can't wait to start working on this. And we just started the idea yesterday. He said, man, I want you to do a theme song, King EP, give him six songs, put it out, and see how it does. So uh, I'm definitely excited for the future, man. I had to drop that bubble here on the podcast. And no kidding. Holy, like, the again, you are probably the hardest working man in wrestling music. And the fact that not only have you blown through 60 different, at least 60 different theme songs and songs for wrestlers, but now you are in such demand that you're going to drop an EP with, you're basically doing a secret show for music. You're not announcing who's on it or who's going to be there, but you're like PWG, everyone's going to want to be a part of that when it drops. That is unbelievable. And I don't know if there's anybody else in professional wrestling, who could get away with that? It's the all-in of hip-hop albums. That's absolute insanity. Now, now, but before I like spontaneously combust here, um, so you talked about that you're going. Not only that, again, you are you are a risk taker if nothing else. So you're dropping that EP with with the mystery tracks on there, and you decided that for this music video that you're putting together, which is like the grand poobah. Of, uh, of wrestling music videos, you've decided to have Sammy Callahan be basically your director for this, which I love because although we haven't gotten to work with Sammy, we run in very similar circles to Sammy Callahan, and uh, he is just a creative genius. So although unconventional that you guys are both working to put this music video together, I, I'm very excited for that as well. Um that's that's incredible. Now, I wanted to ask, uh, you know, obviously you are you are the theme song king. I mean, you've got the shirt provided by Fully Gimmick. It's no lie. You're living the gimmick. You are the theme song king. But I'm curious, does do other aspects of professional wrestling ever call out to you in in regards to have you considered ever being somebody's manager? or something along those lines, you know, in, in getting slightly more involved. You said before you're not telling any wrestler how to wrestle, and they're not telling you how to rap, but has there been a, a moment, or are we leading to something where you're thinking, ah, you know what, I, I think I could be a little more involved in this? Great question. <laughs> wow, you're on fire, you're on fire tonight. Um, I will say this. I'm a big fan of The Rock. I'm a big fan of Will Smith. I'm a big fan of Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is like my, my ultimate, like multi-talented entertainer. I'm a big fan of guys who can do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Jack of all trades. Eventually, especially with the way hip-hop is, I can't do this forever. And you get to a point where you have to be able to be in other avenues and as you as an entertainer and I as an entertainer know, you need multiple revenue streams to be able to survive nowadays. The days of just putting out an album and then disappearing for three years cannot happen anymore. If you're not Jay-Z, if you're not Pink, if you're not Bob Dylan, if you're not Bruce Springsteen or Beyonce or whoever, you, you, you can't do that anymore. Right. So you have to get into other things. I eventually would like to. Managing might not be my thing. I don't know yet. I can't say no to anything. I can't say no to any possibilities because I don't know. Um, people are like, oh, you think you're going to do backstage? You write the swerve talk show. Do you think you can write wrestling? Nah, that's not my thing. 
that, if it has anything to do with writing, for a podcast, or anything that it could be the ulterior branch of wrestling, I could do it. If I could collab with, like, let's say there's a weekly review wrestling show somebody has on YouTube, mm-hmm. or somebody has, like, a after-talk show, I could write that. I could write that. No problem. Because I do swear talk now. Right. So I could write the segments and all that. That's nothing. As far as in the ring or live show, besides performing, if I can get in the ring and maybe do like a little uh, battle with someone or do like something fun um, with like guys. I did that before at uh, Epic Championship Wrestling, now SPW 2000 in Pensacola, where I, I battled a tag team named the Heartbreakers, and uh, they swear they beat me to the day in the battle, which I don't know how. But shout out to them. But um, they, uh, we went out there and I did like a little freestyle against them and they had like this little rap they wrote for me and stuff. We had a lot of fun out there. Shout out to those guys, good people. But um, eventually, I want to figure out what is next. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Swerve Talk's not going to be a fair for Shane's eventually probably going to go to the big time and we know where that is. So I have to look at other avenues and other ways of staying on top of the curve. And that's why I like Jericho. That's why I like The Rock. One thing about those guys, man, they stay ahead of the curve. And I'm going to find that next thing in wrestling that I can get involved in that just has, you know, that the music can speak for itself, but to get involved in other ways, I definitely will be doing that in the future. Excellent. And, and, you know, I think as you've already found out that there are a lot of elements to what you do that already overlaps. Like you said, it was just sort of, you know, it, it sort of came together by fate, but a lot of what you were already putting forth in, you know, your songwriting and your performing obviously overlaps with the art form of professional wrestling. So I think it may just be fate again. It may just be a matter of time before we see you, you know, on a different stage. Now, um, I know you mentioned your tour. You've been, uh, you've traveled a little bit. Obviously, BCW is is uh, Baltimore. So you've traveled a little bit about around this country. Um, so I'm curious, and I don't know if, uh, if, if, if you can't answer this, there's no problem, but we're getting into another issue that divides this show. Um, there's two major options when you're traveling on the road. Wrestler, rapper, you're on those long stretches, and uh, it's late at night, and you're looking for something to eat. Now, the two major options you've got, in this, in this holiest of, of debates, is either Sheets or Wawa. Now, have you been to both? Yes, I have. Okay. So between Sheets and Wawa, which do you prefer? This is a very, very important question. Which 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 my kids are my favorite. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus! I ha- okay. I'm not delegating, but I'm going to be honest. If you give me what I had to choose one, if I'm going, okay, godly, I can't delegate this. I like I like Wawa shakes better. I like Sheets food better. Okay, but. If- to the overall food, I'll probably say sheets. But 
Wawa, like, Wawa's more convenient. Wawa has my buffalo chicken. It's got my, it's got, that shake is just dominant. Speaking of that, I'm going to want to be a shake at this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, like, man. I love that I this. I don't say sheep by, sheep by, sheep by a small margin because of the food. When I go to Maryland, all I eat is, is if it's not my health food, then I'm eating Wawa. I love that. Uh, I love that you you struggled with this one, Biggie Tupac, possibly one of the biggest debates in just music, and you had answers ready to go. Sheets for Wawa, you really struggled. You really had to put some thought into that. Yeah, man, I had to think. Cause food, food is like the type of women that men take, or the you know type of clothes that we wear, or things of that nature. Like this is this. No, yeah, that's what you, you're, 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 you're the man. You're the man of the hour. So, uh, so what's the question? Somebody asked me. Somebody was like, "This is a really deep question." Somebody said, you, you, "You're dominating. You've been dominating. You've been in these indies for four years making wrestling. If the WWE called you tomorrow and maybe offered you a music position for hip hop songs." or advisory and they offer you a job just to be in the studio and kind of like a different from CFO thing they probably will need you all the time but if you'll be a, like an exclusive artist with them you'll be like their pit bull or floor rider mm-hmm. that, they, that they promote and really invest in for like big events and stuff but you can't tour. You can only work with them. Or would you continue to do what you do now? Well, you're independent. You get the tour. You might not get to the co-side, but you get your freedom to tour. That was a deep question. Well, before you answer, it's funny that you mentioned that because we've asked plenty of wrestlers on our show that same very question like you know if WWE calls that's the still the top of the mountain like do you go and potentially be watered down or not have the creative control you've got now or do you stay with the indies and the interesting thing and I and I don't know if this is going to influence your answer but the answer from the wrestlers has changed in the four years that we've done this show in year one it was unanimous Absolutely, I don't care if they make me, you know, son of doink or the gobbledygooker, I'm there. If WWE calls, I'm there. And four years later, with the companies that have come up, with the competition, with the uh, advent of streaming, like High Spots and, you know, and other streaming services, uh, Roku and, and um, Fully Gimmick Fight Club and all those other things, now the, now the answer is not a, a firm 
yeah, I'm there if they call. It's, uh, well, you know, it depends. Could we work something out? There's a hesitation now when four years ago there was no hesitation. It was just, no, absolutely. Across the board, I'm not talking about like, oh, the, you know, only gimmicky guys were saying, yeah. No, across the board, 100% unanimous. Everyone was saying a year ago, or I mean four years ago, absolutely, if WWE calls, I'm there. And now it is very mixed. And so I'm curious now that you, you've you seen how media and wrestling can can be moved. And like you said, you can't just rest on your laurels anymore. you got to keep producing. And, you know, you've gotten your name out there basically on your own with, once again, pro wrestling on your back. So, Montezzi, let me turn this question back around and pretend like I asked it in the first place. If WWE calls to have you work exclusively with them, what do you do? I, I have to follow my gut feeling. And sometimes, you know, you can't think with your heart and your head together. Sometimes you just got to use your head to the smarter move. But you actually got to think about who you are as a person and what benefits you the worst, uh, the best or the worst, and what, you know, hurts you the worst and what benefits you the best. You're give you're giving up the guaranteed money, the cushy life, the you know, the the you know drag you out at WrestleMania to slow the uh, the intermission down, and uh, and have snarky people uh, shit on it online. You're giving all that up to stay on the indies, making the drives, stopping at Wawa, because fuck sheets. That. <laughs> And, and 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 to make this fair, we're not saying we're we're saying this is a world where there's no compromises. WWE isn't letting you do the, you know, uh, like the Chris Hero thing of like, well, you're NXT, but you can also work some indie dates. We're saying there's no compromises here. They're saying it's all or nothing. You're saying you'd rather go with nothing. I would rather. You know, this is not fair. I want to build equity within myself. I feel, and this is why I said this after thinking long out, I don't want it to be that I'm just another guy that makes music. Mm -hmm. I want it to be that it's special when it happened so that all the fans in the Indies was like, yo, we grew up with him. We saw him from the bottom of the bottom to becoming he wasn't just somebody who was famous and then WWE picked him up there just for branding him. No. We we picked this guy because he put in his work. Half of the guys in the locker room knows him. They love him. And we want to see him on that stage because he deserves it more than anyone else. Or whoever. Or just as much as anyone else. Whoever, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time if that stops me from touring, where I can make my own venues, and I can have the same people that are my friends, that are in the WWE locker room come to my shows in Orlando, in Texas, and they can come independently on their own time, 
I can control my own money and I can still go out there and, and perform and give a 40 minute show and have creative content on everything that I control musically. I'm a good person on controlling my content. So if I could get to the point where somebody WWE is like, you know, there's, there's always certain things they're going to approve for me to do. And I would love to do the big stage of the WrestleMania and stuff like that. That's my dream. Mm-hmm. But I got to think about my life in a way of creative control and what I want to do 20 years from now. Because, mm-hmm. yes, I would love to do that and be exclusive to them. But that touring, man, that's my life, man. I love hitting them trenches and doing that. Now, if, now, if WWE, that, that's what I'm saying. Now, it, it's a non-compromised thing. It's like, you're with us. You can't tour. And this is like even them even saying, I can't do live shows on my own. Like, I can't, I can't book my own shows at regular venues and perform. I have to be exclusively with them. I couldn't do it. Now, if I had the thing where I could make music for them and still do a flow ride and pit bull do and do their own stuff, then sure, I would sign. Right, yeah, yeah. If they're giving you the freedom that you can continue to do what you do, but you're kind of like an independent contractor and they'll call on you every, you know, hey, Leo right. Leo Rush needs a theme song for well, NXT. I just, just make songs for them, but I, I could get to big stages, but I can't do anything besides that. I, I have to. I have to be a man of the people. And it's just, and maybe that's going to hurt. That maybe, that, maybe that answer hurts me for certain people in the long run, but I have to be a man of the people. These people have, accepted me out of nowhere, man. And for five years, ten years from now, to be able to say, look, you know, I could be that guy, I can be that artist that had that hit single and can live the rest of my life performing that into my 40s and 50s, which is very rare in hip-hop music, I'll take that. Because that would give me my creative control to go wherever I want to go. And then what WWE wants to bring me to the table, I have more to value, and I have more to say, you know what, we're going to have to get this guy what he wants because we'll let him perform outside because he's, he's, he has such a relationship with these fans. All we have to do is say Montezzi is performing a segment on the NFL, on the NFL, what am I talking about? On the WWE Network. And he, we're going to really get people. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to have right. to let him do his own thing. But if that doesn't happen, nah, gotta, gotta, Gotta hit the gotta hit the trenches until I can get. I have to tour, basically. I have to tour, bro. Have to. Well, and and to your point of you know, hopefully this doesn't hurt you. If anyone's listening, Vinnie Mac, anybody, this is all hypothetical. This is all just for podcast. This is radio jokesies. We're not, you know. Please send him money. Please sign him up. Uh, you know, that's fine. We're all just having fun here. Let's not take this too serious and say and cross him off the list because he said he still wants a tour. This is all for. We're all having a good time here. We're all friends. There's no need to, uh, you know, let's not let's not cause anybody. I don't want Montezzi hating me because, you know, oh, Kevin Dunn just called me and he told me to fuck me because uh, they're never signing here. We're all just joking. It's just podcasts. We're just podcasting right now. Um, but I do have, in, in addition to that heavy-ass question that you presented, and I appreciate you doing that, uh, we do have uh, two very specific questions that we have to ask on this show. Uh, number one, again, heavy subject here. We lose a lot of talent early. Unfortunately, uh, you know, wrestling's a hard business. And so we, we lose a lot of talent before their time. And so with that said, Montezzi, I'm not just talking about like, Hey, you know, whose theme song would you like to do someday? 
Um, I'm, I'm wondering with you, with the legends you've worked with, with the talent you've worked with, and I'm talking hands-on, not just, hey, they sent me an email to write them a song. Which wrestler who is no longer alive would you have loved to have had one-on-one working on a project together with? Eddie Guerrero, easily. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, now I have to ask, cause that is a, that is an answer that we get. I have to ask, what was your favorite version of Eddie? Was it Latino heat? Was it mullet Eddie? Was it ECW Eddie? Um, LWO Eddie. What was your favorite version of Eddie? Now, everybody's going to say Latino Heat. Yes. Everybody might say, you know, um, oh, man. It's a toss-up between pre, it's, it's, it's after, it's, it's pre-LWO. Uh-huh. Pre LWO Eddie, it's the Eddie that was just kind of by himself wrestling Eddie uh, Ray Mysterio at that time. He still had the mullet. Yeah, and that's he, right. And he was like real vicious. He was feuding. He was in the Silver Cruiserweight division, but he was feuding with Ray a lot. And he was like real skinny. He was muscular, but he lost weight. There's a toss up between that Eddie and the one that after he left the Radicals, it was just him by himself. Um, the one that feuded with Rod Van Dam for the Intercontinental title. Yeah, that's right. That Eddie, the one that was kind of by himself. He, he like he wouldn't talk. He like had to like this that slow walk and that snarly like confident look on his face. That Eddie is my favorite. So I could say mullet by himself, Eddie, uh, heel Eddie is my favorite Eddie. And then we're a lot cheating steel and all that is great. But I like that skinny. Just would walk real slow and just wouldn't even look at this, just, just make me, just make like, like arrogant faces out of the crowd. That's right. talk much. That's good. Excellent. That's some deep dives on Eddie Guerrero. That's great. Cause you're absolutely right. A majority of people say like, oh, Latino Heat or oh, ECW Eddie. But, uh, that's some, those are specific answers. I like that. Uh, now the second question we here at the IndyCast believe that every animal in nature is given a certain, evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. Giraffes have long necks, rhinos that have big horns, etc., etc. Our belief is that human beings, as an animal, our evolutionary trait is our ability to use tools. So, theme song King Montesi. If you could fight any animal, what would it be and what weapon do you use? If I could fight any animal... Wow, what a good question. This is the question that put us on the map. This is the one that uh, that gets us places. So uh, you've got a long, long four-year lineage of uh, guests that you're going up against here. What animal do I fight and what do I use? This is going to be very, very old school. And, and it's just the kind of movies that I watch. You give me, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it old school, bro. I'm gonna take a spear. I'm gonna take some armor. I'm just gonna do like the 300 dishes, Sparta type gear. <laughs> and I'm just gonna go at it with a bear. 
Nice. That's it. If I get eight, it, it is what it is. But I'm just, I wouldn't do a line because he's too quick. A bear is kind of strong, but I'm just going to have to give me one of those sharp, sharp, sharp joints. And if it hit him on impact, it's going to hit him. I'm going to have to do old school, man. Nice. I'm, just, I'm just a guy that wrestles high on my morals. You just have to take me out swinging, man. That's right. Nice. I was say you come in with that Eddie Guerrero swagger and uh, start spearing bears. So, uh, Montezzi, for the first time, I think, in the history of the show, we actually kind of uh, weaved in uh, information on where people can find you. But this is the official segment of the show that uh, we did get the official okay from Mr. Brian Cage that this is the time where you can get your shit in. So uh, where can people find you on social media? Where can they follow you? Where can they get your music? And do you have any any idea of when that mystery EP might drop? Great questions, great statements, great interview. But you can follow me all on Instagram at Montezzi Moore. You can follow me on Twitter at Montezzi Moore. You can follow all by my updates and things that I have going on on there. I post a lot of things. I just posted a picture uh, today with LAX, Homicide, Conan. Um, Ortiz, Santana. Uh, so I have a lot going on. Uh, hit up bands in town. Uh, follow me on there for me coming to your city, your state, be performing. Um, stay tuned with everything I got going on because there's a lot of treats and different things I'm getting into. There's a lot of things I got going on. Also, hit up for the gimmick and get you a theme song, King shirt. To hear that it's been one of the biggest requester shirts by some of the boys and a lot of the fans have been awesome. Um, you guys have been wonderful on that. You guys have really, really helped me with my gear. I wear it everywhere I go. It gets a lot of looks. I've had a few people actually notice who it is. And it's very weird how branding and marketing works. They've seen the shirts on other people before and they associate it with me. So that's awesome. Um, also, you guys can email me. If you got anybody who wants to book me for any shows, you can email me at mortalfnt at gmail.com. That's my brand, Mortal Life Entertainment, the home of the theme song King. And you guys can be up DM me on Facebook uh, at Montezzi, facebook.com backslash Montezzi more. And my personal page, backslash Montezzi. You can email me on either one. Your fans can me up as long as you guys don't deal with no crazy crap. I respond to everybody. <laughs> and, um, you know, man, I am looking forward to 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 uh to building a relationship with you guys and you know i know you guys are you know not really into the hip-hop scene as far as your shows but if you guys ever want me to say anything and you think the crowd might like it you guys get me up man uh fully give it man you guys get me up and i'm down well i can um, montesi i can tell you that uh chad who's who's uh one of the co-hosts here uh he already asked if i would uh if i could try to entice you to do a, a theme song for for the indie cast which I will tell him you're going on a brief uh, uh, hiatus because you got some other projects going on, but that was definitely brought up. And uh, you know you've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, you've been great to work with. Uh, like I said, one of the hottest selling shirts at the end of 2017 into 2018. That's uh, basically like a who's who of uh, talent on the indies who are all sporting Montezzi's shirt. Uh, you can, as we said earlier, you can find his work on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on everything, everything that your iTunes, everything that you're getting your music from. Uh, go watch his stuff on YouTube. It's what put him in this uh, crazy business in the first place. 
And as I said at the top of the show, uh, BCW's Urban Warfare 2, February 24th. Montezzi, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, and we hope to uh, have Montezzi back and working with us further in 2018. And to all of you supporting us, we thank you. And uh, until next time, everybody, on behalf of Luna, on behalf of Chad, on behalf of Shelly and myself, Zach Romero, until next time, everyone, deuces.